0: You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, we talk about how Adam Silver is trying to turn the NBA into soccer. Yeah. And I explain the way it's going to change the way the NBA works. Donovan Mitchell inside feature on why he doesn't like Rudy Gobert. He finally breaks his silence good stuff there. Dallas Mavericks, we talk about them a little bit again, how they have finally admitted that it is time to pull the ripcord, that shit is not okay, and it's not going to be okay. More stuff coming out about that. And then some really interesting news about the Golden State Warriors, and how they might not be just punting on this season, but maybe the entire idea of two timelines as a whole. Woo! Lots to talk about, Nick. Happy holidays to you guys. Do me a favor and drop that generic ass beat. So we talked last episode about how I am riveted. I am riveted by soccer. Today, actually, I spent 15, maybe longer, actually, probably 30 minutes of my life deciding what EPL team I want to follow. I still don't know. It's still very tough. There's not enough stars that I like. I just... Am I going to root for Harry Kane? Like, I can't. Like, I love Mbappe, but he's on PSG. I just can't find one that I like. You got some issues with Chelsea and their age, and they're starting to be on the decline because, you know, the whole Russian oligarch thing. Anyways, I'm in. I'm going to try to find a team. I'm going to follow said team. I might just wait in the wings For Mbappe to choose where he goes in the EPL and just follow him, wherever he goes, I follow. Wherever Memphis Depay goes, I follow. I like these swaggy strikers, which is why I don't really like Christian Pulisic much. Anyway, well, last yesterday's final, well, Sunday's final because it's coming out on Tuesday between France and Argentina was like if every game was like that, there might not be another sport on earth. They might have just they might usurp. Everything. If games all were like that, goodness, greatest. People People tell me, soccer fans tell me, this is the greatest soccer game they've ever seen. It was incredible. So much drama and star players doing star player things. Mbappe balling out, taking the team, throwing the whole entire squad on his back. Messi showing the world why he's the greatest playing with the kids after the game, Angel Maria, the fading star, balling, killing, them benching my man Olivier Giroud for what reason, who knows? If you're an NBA fan, you don't even know these names, so I'm just going to keep going. It was fun, though. It was really fun. NBA fans, of course, they know what this is like, right? They know. It's Steph and Braun going at it back and forth. Tatum and Steph, right? And you might, and I might emphasize, might be able to steal a title, though, without a real superstar. But having a guy like Mbappe, who can steal it in a blink of an eye, the things that he did on Sunday, I just couldn't even believe it. That's what separates, though, true contenders from pretenders, right? And the one thing that Adam Silver's trying to figure out is how to replicate some of that excitement. He's known as a huge soccer fan, right, Adam Silver? In particular, loves the EPL. And we talked about this before on the podcast, but Adam Silver is dying to add elements of European soccer into the NBA. Why? Because the NBA loves money, and nothing makes more money than a bunch of random tournaments involved in soccer. Just this past October, Silver let it known that he had actually considered relegation, relegation to eliminate tanking, which I would personally love. I don't know that it would work, but it would be funny, right? Like, could you imagine the L.A. Lakers being relegated? (laughs) I just love that so much. I would love that so much. I would love to see G League Ignite take the Lakers spot in the Western Conference. He's also, though, uh, Adam Silver is on record saying that he's very jealous of the Champions League. The European soccer tournament that pits the top finishers in respective European domestic leagues in months-long competition to see what team is best. This is what Silver said to the BBC, which is a very funny place for him to do an interview. The Champions League is a fantastic concept, one we're always looking at. There's so much that happens in European soccer that I'm jealous of. What would he be jealous of, you think, in terms of the Champions League? Probably the $1.5 billion that CBS paid to broadcast the Champions League just here in America alone, let alone the rest of the world. That's just icing on top of the other regional broadcast rights, the other rights that go for the NBA as a whole. It's just a, it's just a ching, 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 ching money-making machine. It's a one-way river into Adam Silver's pocket. That's a Yellowstone quote. Silver just gave an interview in 2018 where he noted as head of the NBA Entertainment before he became commissioner that he intently studied the EPL's relationship with gambling companies and this deeply informed the way that he and the league have navigated the boom in sports betting in the U.S. And not just like straight up gambling, but in licensing data uh, and video to gambling companies, which means what? Gambling companies are going to be the premier broadcaster of NBA, NBA games. Just wait. NBA way ahead of other leagues in re, in relation to Silver's love of soccer, right? So the biggest change that Silver's going to make is the in-season tournament. We've talked about that before. He's been on record. It seems very destined to happen in the next year or two. And less than three weeks ago, it was announced that the NBA is planning the 2023-2024 regular season that includes that regular season tourney. tourney. So it's an 80-game regular season and then two flex games to fill the gaps for the tournament winners. I'm confused. Silver said, It's something I remain excited about. It will create more meaningful games, games of consequence, during an otherwise long regular season, and I think fans might enjoy something else significant to play for. As an aside, all NBA teams had to give the NBA front office their available home dates for next year. So the schedule is already being worked out right now as we speak. Those home dates include, okay, what day is Lady Gaga coming to perform at the Moda Center? What day is Sting coming to the Madison Square Garden? What openings do you guys have? Uh, And the latest on the in-season tournament is that first-round play will begin early in the season with the final eight facing off in a quarterfinal in December which would be right now, no prizes yet determined, but the idea of an extra first-round pick has been floated out to the winner, which would be amazing. Could you imagine? Could you imagine a team that has no, I mean, back to the Lakers, a team that has no first-round picks could kind of need a first-round pick. Don't know what to think about the in-season tournament because I don't know if people are going to care. I don't know if the money of it and the pageantry of it is going to get fans to really be excited. But, you know, the NBA is a marketing machine. They'll find a way to hype it up. They'll find ways to get First Take to talk about it. They'll find ways to get Adam Silver to make it feel like an event. But Adam Silver's love of soccer will continue to impact the NBA. And the World Cup, I think, just underscored how much these two sports could possibly, maybe, have in common. Look out for a Champions League-type situation as well. That could be something on the forefront also. <sighs> Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. That's the stuff that NBA lovers can't get enough of. So why, why did and does Donovan Mitchell hate Rudy Gobert so much? Let's face it. Rudy Gobert is a lightning rod. Rudy Gobert has been a lightning rod for hate since he put his mouth on all those microphones with COVID and shut the league down. Like, we know that. We know that that is something that got Rudy Gobert to be the front and center poster boy for COVID hate. It continues, though. It continues, which we'll get into in a second. But Donovan Mitchell didn't really like Rudy or fuck with Rudy before everyone else did. When asked recently whether Donovan Mitchell thinks his number should be retired, Donovan Mitchell actually said no, because he hadn't accomplished enough in the time that he was with the Utah Jazz in order for him to feel like his jersey should be retired. I think that's true because Mark Spears, who's been on a heater, by the way, as of late, was like, well, you did, You guys accomplished a lot. And Donovan Mitchell was like, well, really? Did we? What did we accomplish? Like, we gave up a bunch of 3-1 leads. We didn't really win anything of note. We didn't even go to the Western Conference Finals. We got booted to inferior teams like Denver and Dallas. And they asked him, well, okay, well, why, why didn't you and Rudy, like, if you don't think the basketball worked and you don't think you accomplished enough on the basketball floor, why do you think that was? Is it your relationship with Rudy Gobert? And he was like, well, honestly, the basketball between me and Rudy just didn't work. We live in a world where it has to be just so negative, really negative. Basketball just didn't work. We didn't see eye to eye. We wanted to both win, but we wanted to do it in two different ways. It didn't work. Pause. If you're a fan of the Minnesota Timberwolves right now and or your Aunt Edwards, you gotta think to yourself, Rot Row. Because if Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert couldn't work together and they had two completely different visions about what it would take to win? Let me just say this. Donovan Mitchell and Aunt Edwards probably have closer ideas about what it's going to take to win games than, say, I don't know, Aunt Edwards and Rudy Gobert do. That is very, very concerning. It, on paper, should work beautifully, and it has not. Unpause. As far as him and I go as people, Donovan Mitchell later said, hate him he doesn't hate me I wouldn't say we're the best of friends but we're not at that point where it's like I can't stand him also pause I've been in situations where I say I don't hate this person they don't hate me are we friends are we close are we buddies no as soon as you have to say we're not friends either you're you're nothing at the very least You're not dapping each other up if you see each other at the bar. You're like, oh, yeah, there's Rudy. Let's go this way. You don't like each other whatsoever. Let's be honest. Like, there was no good feelings about it. When you publicly say, I don't hate someone, There's more than just neutral feelings about it. You just don't want to spend the energy explaining and then creating a beef and then people asking Rudy about why and whether he dislikes you as much as you dislike him. So that's bullshit. Donovan continued. I wished him the best. There's no hatred. There's no ill will towards any of that. Basketball just didn't work out. It happens. Our relationship just happened to be a little more out there than everybody else's. But honestly, it really started with COVID. <laughs> it's like, listen, I don't dislike him. I don't hate him. Everybody thinks that we did because, you know, there was all this publicity about how I never gave him any passes, never lobbed in the ball. We didn't sit together at the, in the lunchroom. I unfollowed him on Instagram. All that stuff's kind of bullshit. But really, it happened and started with COVID. I I disliked him when he rubbed his fucking face on the microphones and shut our league down and almost gave me COVID when I thought I could still die from COVID and we had to sit in a fucking locker room for 12 hours together and nobody could stay in a hotel because all hotels were afraid of anyone having COVID near their people and we had to just basically be on lockdown in Oklahoma City. So yeah, fuck that guy then. That was when it all started. The fact that he said, yeah, really, it started with COVID tells you everything you need to know. People forget that the world was so pissed at Rudy Gobert that his PR team somehow convinced ESPN To do a complete documentary on Rudy Gobert this offseason. During the pandemic I guess it ran. That we had the only central theme. Was that Rudy Gobert wasn't as bad as you think he is. Like that was the entire concept of the documentary. And that was a lie obviously. Because Rudy Gobert truthfully. I don't know if you've seen it. Rudy Gobert continues to be exactly the asshole. That we thought he was. Because just last week. Rudy Gobert liked a tweet from Elon Musk that said Elon Musk's preferred pronouns are prosecute Fauci. Are you fucking serious? Are you kidding me? Could could you put together homophobia, transphobia, and anti-vax all in one 15-word tweet? Are you serious? Who comes after people for their preferred pronouns and also says they want to prosecute Fauci? And if you're an NBA player, you should know these tweets that you like are public. They are all public. And then you throw in the fact that Rudy Gobert, his teammate, lost seven members of his family, which is almost inconceivable. Carl Anthony Towns lost seven family members to COVID including his mom, who was not old whatsoever. And he decides to like a tweet that says to prosecute Fauci for what? Shutting our league down? Shutting our world down at a time where, I don't know, something that has happened once in every 300 years, he's telling people to be careful and wear masks and maybe stay inside? Like, you like that tweet, Rudy, when you gave the world COVID? Are you serious? Along with my desired pronouns, I, I wonder this. And I'd like you guys to give me your thoughts too. Is Rudy Gobert the most unlikable player in the NBA? I think he is. He is to me. I, there is no one that gets a more visceral reaction just by his name alone than Rudy Gobert. If there's something redeeming to him, someone tell me. But I can't see it.